Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. And today we're going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to be answering some of the uh, Instagram AMA. Ask me anything uh, on, on Instagram. So we got a lot of good questions. And so I wanted to take some time to knock out a few of them. And Miss Chloe asked, what is your number one tip for someone looking to start their own business? What's your number one tip for somebody looking to start their own business? Man, very, very, very good question. And something that I'm passionate about, Chloe. Um, First off is understand that um, you have to change the... You're going to have to change everything. It's like having a baby. You know, it's, it's uh, when I had my first child, everything in life changed. You know, the way I looked at things changed, sleeping patterns changed, everything changed. And uh, you have to understand everything changes. And up front, there's a lot of grind and sacrifice that mirrors having a baby. You're having a baby, basically. Congratulations, Chloe. And, and so what happens is... You know, when you have a baby, it's painful, you know, to come out, they tell me. And, uh, you know, I've been a witness, you know, in the room and grateful uh, that my wife had to do that part, not me. And, and uh, man, after that, there's, there's some nights where the baby's waking up, uh, could last longer than a year where you're not getting a ton of sleep. Um, but it's also an exciting time. Uh, there's some sleepless nights. There's some times where you got to take some drink, some extra coffee to, to make it through the day. The baby needs everything from you. You know, it needs to be bathed, needs to be fed. You know, it's going to do a lot of crying. And but over time, it gets bigger. And, you know, once I've watched my children get into school, you know, it's like, OK, they're brushing their own teeth. They can wash themselves. They can feed themselves. They can do everything. Still needs a little maintenance. But then they're gone, you know, to school, you know, all day long and you have a little bit more more time. And then, you know, opening another business is like starting over with, you know, I have a one year old right now. So we opened up another business, baby business, Uh, baby Enzo came. And so that, you know, if you continue to add growth uh, over time to your to your business, will feel like you're having, you know, multiple babies as you open up more locations or, you know, or things, things of that nature. But you have to keep in, in mind that it's worth it. Um, and so, you know, the, the tip that I'm trying to give you is, is to have the right mindset coming into starting your own business. I think that's one of the reasons for, for a lot of business failing is, is unrealistic expectations, not knowing what they're getting themselves into, not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think the best way I can explain that to you is, is, congratulations, you're having a baby and all the things that you know about people that have had children, uh, the, the, the struggles, but also the joy and the love and everything that comes with it is, is mirrors a lot of, of starting your own, your own business. And so just look years out because there's a lot of pros that come from owning your own business to controlling your own schedule down the road, um, helping so many other people down the road, uh, making more money than you probably would, you know, at, at a, at a normal job, you know, there's a lot of pros to it, but the obstacles and the struggle and the grind. And, and so everything that you have as a mom goes into that child 
And so everything as a business owner in the beginning goes into that child of, of the business. And, and my second piece of advice unsolicited, cause you really just asked for one, uh, would be to, 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 um, short-term sacrifice leads to long-term gain in everything that you do from a mindset standpoint, but just look at it that way from your finances and, and live way below your means, way below your means. So you can invest your money and profits back into your business. There's no greater return uh, that you'll find on the stock market typically or any other places, real estate, than putting that money back into your own business as many times as you can, uh, also known as flipping the money. And so you, you, you keep putting it into the business. And as your business grows, it'll pay you a little bit more money, but just try to fight the urge to not reward yourself too soon uh, and keep putting that money back into your own business. So uh, thank you for your interest. Hopefully that helped. Uh, next question is going to be from Byron. Byron asks, what was your biggest obstacle when you, when you became a leader and how did you overcome it? Man, I think my biggest obstacle when I became a leader was, um, oh, I remember now, you know, there was so many running through my mind. I remember, um, my biggest obstacle when I became a leader was, was not under, not being able to handle me wanting it for someone more than they wanted it for themselves. Um, you know, almost like the likes of a, of a coach that wants to push a player because they know they have so much talent and could do so many great things, you know, in sports, but the player just don't want it. You know, the player don't want to put in the work. The player don't. And not that I, I mean, I had so many, you know, I look back on it, you know, in my first couple of years in leadership and, and, uh, you know, I, I think that I'm way better now and, and, and I'll probably hopefully feel that way, you know, another 10, 15 years from today about where I'm sitting right now. But, you know, what I could look at there is, is people not making it, you know, that I was developing, that I was helping. Not everybody made it, not everybody makes it. And I would take it so personally because I, I wear my heart on my sleeve in a sense. I've learned to not do that so much, you know, anymore in business, but I, I, I have a deep compassion uh, for people and a passion to help people and I'm competitive and I like to make no excuses and take responsibility. And so I would take everything on myself if the person didn't have success. And so my obstacle, you know, the, one of the bigger obstacles was, was understanding that all I could do is all I could do. You know, all you could do is all you could do, do all you can with the best intentions, uh, intentions as possible and serve that person but don't allow someone that doesn't grasp it, doesn't make it, doesn't put in the work to let your fire burn out and burn you out in the process. Because sooner or later, you know, just again, like, you know, with the sports analogy, sooner or later, you're going to have a draft class where you get Tom Brady in it or you get Patrick Mahomes in it or you get LeBron James in it. And all of a sudden, if you don't give up, you know, your, your coaching ability will meet the right person and it can go to the, to the next level. Uh, I think one of my bigger mistakes, um, which wasn't really the question, you know, but my, you know, the kind of along the lines of obstacles was myself, 
you know, I think the hardest person to lead and the number one person that you need to lead is lead yourself. It's easier to lead other people and tell them what to do. You got to be able to take your own advice and lead yourself well if you ever want to lead other people well. And I, I look at in the beginning, uh, I lacked patience for people. And, you know, if I could look back to the mistakes, if I could do things over again, you know, what I would do is I would slow myself down, not in not in a growth mode of the business, but I would just slow my emotions down to the to the sense of 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 having more patience with people and and not, you know, allowing myself to get so emotional and be so hard on people. I was tough on people because I was tough on myself. I was tough on people because my coach uh, was tough on me and I saw what it did for my life and I wanted the same thing for others, but I had to learn that not everybody could be coached the exact same way. And so just because I saw benefit from really hard coaching and I wanted it for these people so bad that I had to be able to coach them in a style that they would be able to receive it. And it took me a long time to grasp that even though we had a lot of success, when I look back at it, you know, if I was more patient with people, we probably would have had even more, even more success. Um, next question, Joey asked, wonder which Joey, what was the hardest obstacle you had to overcome in life? Man, I think the hardest obstacle I had to overcome in life in general was figuring out who I wanted to be as a man. Um, in business was a little bit different, but in business, uh, that's a, that's kind of a, a, a simple one. Um, loyalty is something that is, is huge to me. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's huge to them, but I'm talking about like old school, deep, 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 rare loyalty that doesn't really exist as much anymore is my vision and dream and, and hopes to be that type of a person and attract those type of, of, of people in, in my life, you know, true, true loyalty. And, uh, you know, having people that I care about and cared about and help to put on in business and to grow them in business, not always reflect that value back loyalty, um, and allow themselves to get, um, you know, I don't know if it's jealous or just ego or, you know, whatever, but, but get in their way. Um, you know, that was a tough one for me to overcome in business, uh, that I had to learn to not allow those moments to stop me from continuing to pour everything I got into people in the future, um, because of a couple you know, obstacles in, in people at that time in their life, you know, because people don't always stay the same, you know, they, they can grow, they could change just like I make mistakes and I, I can grow and I could change. But I think in life, um, it was finding out who I wanted to be as a man because I had so many mixed emotions and mixed signals, uh, being sent my way. So, you know, I was raised, um, on the East side of Youngstown, Ohio, uh, single mom had me at 19, um, you know, if you go outside where I live, that was my house. Um, 
you know, and it's confusing. That's why I was saying it was confusing, you know, because I had I had a good grandmother uh, who lived five minutes away, uh, cut hair, uh, wasn't exactly a millionaire, worked hard and was able to pay her bills and, and help a little. My grandfather uh, had a good grandfather, although my mom's you know parents were split. And, uh, you know, my myself, if I walked out of my house, really my block, the people around were all, you know, I'd say it was probably an area within a few blocks that probably would be 70 percent African-American, 20, uh, 20 to 25 percent Hispanic and, you know, maybe just a few folks, uh, white folks. And so my dad uh, was 100 percent Venezuelan, um, although I didn't really meet him until I was in my 20s. Uh, I did have some interaction with my family, but my mom was Italian and so I, I was kind of, you know, just trying to figure out who was I, um, you know, from race to, you know, every like who who am I, who do I want to be? And then and then trying to fit in with the culture of the people that I'm around. But you look a little bit different. And so that was a positive, you know, it was an obstacle at the time, but it was a positive because I learned the ins and outs of some cultures better than people that are actually even that born into that culture. I mean, I, I knew those cultures so well. Um, and so that was served me well being able to understand people and get along with people and connect with people, you know, down the road, every obstacle pretty much brought with it a seed of opportunity. And then not having a dad, I became the man in my house, you know, somewhere in my mind, you know, I remember a, a switch going off in my head of like, I want to protect my mother. I want to protect my house. I am the man in my house. And so it made me aggressive. It made me protective. You know, my mom didn't have a ton of guys, but, you know, I can remember a few uh, relationships, uh, boyfriends, you know, one would turn into a marriage, you know, when I was in high school, you know, so my emotions, you know, around, man, another dude, you know, around my mom and, and what role am I supposed to play, you know, in that, you know, those, that, that whole process and upbringing, uh, and then I'm, I'm living a double life, you know, so I'm, um, going to decent schools because my grandma, my mom, my grandfather, everybody would, would, would pitch in and whether they'd have to drive me further or, you know, everybody pitch in a couple hundred bucks and, and, you know, we're late with the tuition, but we find a way to get you to go to Ursuline, which was a, a, a Catholic school, uh, for high school, which had, you know, better academics and, and uh, really good sports went, you know, go on to win a state title there in football, you know, but the, but, but I'm, I'm running with a crew that I grew up with that is, is moving really fast, you know, and there's like, man, you think of, you know, every kid got a little bit of that in them, but I'm talking about like life on the line, life in danger. This ain't fun. We didn't steal a candy bar from the store. You know, it's like we're at war with people, you know, and, and uh, no guidance, you know, really as a, as a man trying to find out, trying to figure out, you know, who did I want to be? Did I want to be a gangster? You know, did I want to be a thug? Did I want to be a mobster? Did I want to be an athlete? You know, who did I want to hang with? You know, I, I was like, I was just trying to figure myself out. And that was an obstacle, you know, for me trying to really, you know, figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. That would be a long journey uh, in my life, you know, for me to finally start to figure out like, all right, this is who I am like it or love it. You know, I know who I was. I know what I know. I know what my background is, but this is who I am, you know, today. And, uh, you know, I remember the first time I, I called 
one of my friends back home, you know, Perm, who, who now is with me a lot. And, uh, you know, I told him, I'm like, yo, I just got to let you know before you come up here and see me. I started wearing tight pants, dog, you know, because I, I want to prepare them uh, because we would clown each other. You know, and I, you know, we grew up, I mean, especially in the era, you know, it's like, man, big baggy, big, big clothes, you know, everything way too big, you know, on you oversized, you know, and all that and would clown people that would wear the, the clothes that I ended up wearing, you know, just a little bit more of a, of a fitting, uh, look and tapered look and started to get suits to fit me and, and all of that stuff. So that was all the, the process. And I think the obstacle for me was finding myself as a man and as a person and getting comfortable in my own skin. And a lot of that obstacle I think came from lacking, having a, a uh, stable father figure in my life. So I had a bunch of men that would pitch in and the, some of the men that would pitch in on molding me taught me things that were not great, uh, but would end up actually ended up benefiting me down the road. Cause I learned how to hustle and learn street smarts. And then other people were putting in the seeds of the right things to do. And, and I had all of that argument going on in my mind. Uh, next question, Melissa asked, Knowing what you know now, if you had to start over as a brand new agent, so that means this is probably someone within our business, what are your first five moves? If you had to start over as a brand new agent, what are your first five moves? Um, well, a lot of the moves I made as a brand new agent is the exact same thing that I would tell you to do even 16 years later, which is why I think I moved so quickly Uh as a person um, in business coming up young, and, and I'll give you a couple of those. One is find the right coach, the like the best leader that you could find in that organization and follow them off the edge of a cliff. Like just, just follow them to the T with loyalty and commitment and execute every single thing that they tell you to do without fail. Be the best student. There could be no better student. There could be nobody more coachable than you. The goal needs to be, am I the most coachable person that you've ever come in contact with? And if the answer is no, you're not doing what I'm telling you that you need to do. You have to be the most coachable person that person has ever come in contact with in the business. Um, and, and first is identifying, you know, that person. So identify the right the right person follow them second one is, is listen to every single thing that they that they tell you to do with those goals in mind of being the most uh the most coachable um developing a relationship you know with the lord was was huge for me that would be a a, a move that i would tell you to make in your five uh inner circle um identify who you are going to allow in your circle, even though you're new, you really need to be getting in other circles, but don't allow negative people not getting results to be in your circle. It's not personal. It's just business right now. I'm not trying to look for who's the nicest guy or gal. I'm trying to find the people that are nice. Yes, but I want the ones that are getting results and I'm only going to listen to the people that are getting results, not listen to the people complaining that are not getting results. Misery loves company. Find the ones that are having the success that you want to have and mirror them and hang around them and don't listen to the people that are not where you want to be. Try not to take advice from people that you wouldn't want to trade places with. Um, 
probably next move I would make is is hold yourself accountable to mastering your presentation. Um, nobody needs to teach you your presentation. You're a grown man or a grown woman, and it's your job and responsibility to put yourself in a room somewhere and memorize that presentation 100% word for word to the T robotically until you can make it your own. You know, you hear people say, well, I'm, I don't want to be robotic and I don't, you know, I, I learn better this way and I do it better this way and I do it. No, master the basics first, get all the words properly, even like a robot, say them all. And then you could start to put your personality and swag on it and add some things, you know, to it. Um, that's, that, that's probably the advice and, and, and make sure you're listening to the right books, audio books, podcasts, putting things into your mind, uh, focusing on your mind, body, and spirit because inward growth precedes outward growth. So that means if you want external growth, first you have to grow yourself uh, personally over time. And I think the foolish, the foolish people or things that that fool people are when they have success without doing those things. It, it temporarily tricks you into thinking you don't need those things and is setting you up for a crash. Next question. Uh, Max asked, if you could choose one skill to master, what would it be? Um, one skill to master, what would it be? Um, connecting with people. You know, technology is is booming right now, but at the end of the day, you still at some point you got to deal with people, and that's a skill set. Um, you, before you lead anyone, because to, to, to accomplish anything great, you know, you can't, there's no such thing as self-made. I mean, I just, I get it. I really do, and, and I get it, and I know what people mean by it, and I try not to take it out of context, but when I hear somebody say they're self-made, it really concerns me about that person and where they're going. Um, they're either oblivious to the fact of all the people that have helped them, which is an ego issue, which causes problems, you know, down, down the road, or they're truly trying to do everything by themselves, which is going to get them, get them in trouble. And so I think nothing great is ever done without having other people help you. Even if it's a individual sport, it's like, well, I'm the only one boxing. I'm the only one wrestling. I'm the only one fighting, but did your doctor help you get healed from an injury? Did your coach, who taught you to, to box? Who taught you how to wrestle? Did you just figure that out on your own? Or did a bunch of training partners help you rep stuff? Did a bunch of coaches help you with stuff? Did, did somebody give you a ride to practice that, you know, in the past? Is there, there had to be people that have impacted your life and, and impacted you. And so you can't do nothing great without people. And, and so if you're going to, if you know you can't do nothing great without people, that means you got to deal with people. And so I would want to develop the skill set of mastering how to connect with people because you can't, you know, Maxwell always says, uh, you know, before asking for someone's hand, you know, which is like, all right, come this way or let's go this way. You must first ask for their heart and get their heart. And so once you got somebody's heart, then you can ask for their hand for things. And, and so I think it's, it's developing the skill set of being able to connect with people, but not just the people that you grew up around. That's easy. So I can connect with people that are just like me. 
Well, that's better than some people, but that really doesn't mean you've developed a special skill set because I'm talking about you grew up in the city. I want to see you connect with people that are from the country and grew up on a farm. I'm talking about you, you grew up in a wealthy, affluent area, private schools your whole life, and you connected with people that grew up in the projects that got an afro and don't look nothing like you, you know, different color skin, different, you know, ways that they were raised. Can you connect with those people? Old people, young people, Christians, Muslim, Jews, non-believers, black people, white people, Boricua, Hispanic people. Can you can you connect with anybody? Or can you only connect with somebody that's like you? And most people can only connect with people that are like them. And so I think if you can learn the skill to connect with other people, and the way to do that is to put yourself in other people's shoes and to have empathy and be inquisitive before you race to judgment. Um, it's easy to judge people without trying to put yourself in their shoes and learn more about it. You know, of all, oh, he's just rich. Or she, they just grew up rich, and so they probably grew up spoiled. You don't know nothing about them. You don't know nothing about that person. I mean, you got to educate yourself more on it. Or they're just... They're just lazy and they always got in trouble. I wondered, you know, why they never got a job and they always were doing this and doing that. Well, you, you got to go back and learn about that person, how they got in that situation. And, and if you were dealt the exact same hand and didn't have, you know, two great parents and we're in that scenario, maybe you would have done the exact same thing. And so I think empathy helps and, and educating yourself helps and, and all of that stuff. Uh, last couple, Anna asked, uh, I think it's Anna or Anya. A-N-A, asks, what's one advice, one piece of advice you would give any 20-year-old? Um, I think that the one piece of advice I would give you is to be a leader, not a follower. Um, most people just follow, especially in your 20s, you just follow what everybody else is doing and telling, telling you to do. Your 20s, I think, are the most important years, uh, decade of your life to set the tone for the rest of your life. It's not to say that if you, you know, blew your 20s that you can't come back. I know a bunch of comeback stories, but people will tell you, oh, in your 20s, just have fun, enjoy yourself, travel, don't work too hard, you got the rest of your life to work. That's horrible advice. I think the best years to work, the best years to build, the best years to hustle, the best years to go get it is in your 20s. Because if you make a mistake, you got more room to bounce back. Uh, you're not typically carrying wives, children, husband, all that with you. And so it's less risk because you don't have all this luggage and baggage uh, if you want to move, if you want to do something or, you know, stuff like that. And, and so I say don't piss away your 20s uh, would be my advice. And, and typically do that, people do that by hanging around the wrong people. So hang around with winners and listen to people. Seek out advice, seek wisdom from people that are, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years older than you that are where you want to be. Ask them specific questions. Listen to what they tell you to do and then execute. And don't get caught up in, in too much of the, Fun, fun stuff. You know, remember it's, it's, uh, it's, it's play now and pay later. So if you want to play, 
now and blow it, you're going to pay the rest of your life. At some point, you got to pay, and it gets more expensive the older you get. Or pay now and play later. You get to have more fun down the road if you pay now. But either way, life does demand payment. Last question. Allie asked, how do you, is it Allie or Ali? I don't know. A-L-I asked, how do you keep moving forward with your goals when you're not having motivation? Um, well, first you got to find out why are you not having motivation? Because if you have your why, the reason why you're doing something, you shouldn't lack too much motivation on the, on the journey. So maybe you lost your reason why you forgot why you're doing what it is that you're doing. And if you don't have purpose as to why you're doing everything, of course, it's easy to lose motivation because you're not connecting the dots as to why you got to do the stuff you're doing because you lost your vision or you got the vision and you got punched in the mouth or you fell down and now you're losing a little bit of motivation because your feelings are hurt or you're hurt a little bit. And my advice to that is, is that you got to understand you fight that stuff with discipline because you're not always going to feel motivated. I mean, out of 365, I didn't feel motivated today to get up and go to the gym, but I did because I got a why I got a purpose. I got a reason for all of that stuff. And so where motivation is lacking, discipline kicks in 365 days a year. How many of those days do you expect to feel Excited, great, and motivated out of 365. Can't be every day. And so the days you don't feel your best and don't feel motivated, you have to apply discipline, which is doing things that you don't feel like doing in order to get the result that you do want. Okay, so that'll help you. Listening to people that are motivated, listening to motivation on YouTube, people that that's what they do for a living. They inspire and motivate people will will help you but the biggest thing is i want you to understand that failure obstacles setbacks hard times all of those things are part of your process and so sometimes when people lose motivation it's because they they you just it all goes back to you lost your vision and then your expectations have to be real of you're losing motivation maybe because you didn't expect to get hurt in the process. You didn't expect for it to hurt this bad or be this hard in the process. And so try to realign your expectations with what you want. Like if you say you want to be a millionaire, you say you want to change the world. Do you think that's going to be easy or it's going to be hard? It's probably going to be hard or else everybody would be doing it. And so I know if I say I want a box, I have to be prepared to get punched in the face. Probably we'll have a bloody nose. Probably we'll break a nose. Probably we'll have days where my ribs get popped. You know, there's all these things before I walk into it. It's like you can't be shocked you got punched in the face. You can't be shocked that you fell down. You can't be shocked that you got a bump or a bruise. It's part of the process. And so sometimes people are shocked by that. So it demotivates them because they're not expecting obstacles and adversity. And so expect it. Reconnect with your vision and, and align uh, move your body. Exercise helps to get you motivated and, and uh, feeling well, eating clean. And uh, and then when 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 your vision is aligned, just apply discipline if you have a day where you don't feel motivated. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. Uh, hopefully this this impacted you. Um, hey, we have cash money mentoring for those that that are looking for consistent mentorship and guidance. Um, hate to use the word cheap, but 
uh, more affordable for people than what we would really need to charge to, to, to do consulting work for people. And um, we've had a lot of success and even more fun uh, helping people there. So check out cashmoneymentoring.com if you or anybody else you know is looking for some guidance uh, or, or mentorship. And uh, those of you uh, that are always joining us, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>